Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back to Tech People. This is Ken speaking. I hope you are enjoying our CX series. Today, I'm very excited to learn more about billing CX in a new product segment. I'm joined by Paral Vish Chopra, who is the head of customer success at Avatur. They have created a very cool 360 degree view experience, which is the only remote collaboration platform designed for site meetings. Paran will share her experience and how she built a customer journey in this new, exciting product segment, including some of the challenges she has faced and solutions, which have worked and not worked so well. So let's get into the show. Welcome, Pearl. Thank you so much for having me over, Ken. I'm very excited to be here. Likewise. So please, let's just learn a bit more about you. I gave a very brief intro because I wanted to leave you. Tell us a bit about yourself and your current role, please. Absolutely. My name is Parul. I am an Indian origin immigrant living and working here in the US. I do have about 13 plus years of experience across multiple industries where a majority of it does come in from pharma, where I was working for a Swiss distribution company, where I had the responsibility to build some strategic partnerships in between customers and raw material suppliers for some high dollar value projects. I feel that my experience there has really created a foundation for how do you work with customers when you're building some complex partnerships and working on these high dollar value projects. Additionally, I've always been passionate about technology and especially the kind that solves some really unique problems. And that's what really led my way to Avatar today, where I'm heading customer success and I'm responsible for building it up from the scratch. Before I really open the Pandora box to explain whatever tour truly is, can I ask you a question here? Yes, of course. Shout. All right. Do you have a favorite food product brand, like a snack brand? And you don't have to name it out, but say, imagine a cracker brand or some cookies or even a cheese. Something I do, like because, you know, being an Irish man, uh, we have a number of products in Ireland that I do miss. I live in Belgium now and I'm always craving Things like maybe it could be a Guinness or it could be a, a Cadbury's bar of chocolate, <laughs> something like that. In Ireland, we have like these, what we have is these, you'd have call them chips in the US, but we call them potato crisps. So yes, I have a number of different brands I crave. Lovely. So imagine if you were the global product head for that specific brand and you were constantly expected to work with, say, for the case of imagination, like 10 odd sites uh, that manufacture that specific product, which are located in different parts of the world. Would you have expected that you would have needed to travel to those sites quite often? Definitely. I mean, how else would I just see how else would it not work in being a manufacturing environment? Exactly. Uh, do you think that would have been one costly, second, inconvenient, third would have resulted in a lot of productive hours being wasted because you spend time going to the airport, in the airplane, etc. And lastly, it would have left a huge carbon footprint overall. 
Oh, I mean, completely. I mean, and even more so when you look back at what happened in the last couple of years with the pandemic, with yes. travel, it's a completely different mindset now. And the thoughts of even having to travel that often for business trips, uh, I wouldn't be happy personally. And, and like you mentioned, the cost would be just, I mean, trying to justify all those costs would be very difficult. Absolutely. And again, like given the pandemic and safety concerns, you would have definitely wanted to still continue working remotely with those teams and likely would have chosen, you know, those traditional 2D enabled platforms, which are absolutely great when you want to see a face while having a conversation. But how do you see a manufacturing floor? Would you ask somebody to pick their phone and move it around? How inconvenient is that? And how inefficient is that? Yeah, very interesting. That is exactly what Avatar is designed for. We're not designed for faces. We are designed for places. We are the world's first 360 degree enabled remote presence platform. We are the only conferencing solution that is available in the market where you have 360 degree spatial view, which is enabled with real time, real place communication and is immersive in nature. And you can interact with guests, you know, who could be participating in from different parts of the world. And again, the guests here can join in either using a web browser on their phone or on a laptop or even a VR headset like Oculus or Pico. Ah, Very cool. It is. This is an absolutely new product segment where the need has always existed, but the customers were always forced to use the wrong tools to solve that need or go the expensive and inefficient way of actually traveling to the sites. But that is going to change now with Avatar. Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about this. Mm-hmm. Actually, you mentioned so it's a new product segment. How, did you, how do you go about building a customer journey for a segment like this? I think conceptually, when you're working in a new product segment, uh, the fundamentals remain the same. For Avatar, where we are a hardware-enabled SaaS company, and we have customers from different industries, The way we approached this was actually by looking deeper into how our customers are deploying the product on their end. To put it very simply, what we really strive to do and continue to do is we study this across a matrix that is classified based on the use cases, industries, and a few other variables. And then we use that information to really understand the customer's journey, which is based on two things. One, product adoption. Second, delivery of value for them which in my opinion are two very critical, but also very complicated data points to understand and map. Now, for some of your guests who may not be very familiar with these concepts because they don't really come from the customer success world, let me try and explain that using some examples from our customers here at Amador. Now, imagine if there are two customers uh, within the same industry, say pharma. Customer A could be using Avatar at a manufacturing plant to perform a critical function like factory performance and reliability. Whereas customer B, which is a contract manufacturing supplier, they may choose to use Avatar to actually market their capabilities to their customers. Now, in case of customer A, as you can imagine, the function of factory performance and reliability would have certain program and processes around it. So their usage for Avatar would be pre-planned and it would be easier to determine the frequency and the variables that go into deploying Avatar for them. Hence, it would be so much easier for us to understand their customers, you know, the customer's journey driven life cycle. Now for latter, which is customer B, 
where they're actually using the product to market their, you know, to evaluate their contract manufacturing suppliers. There is a lot of variables that are involved. Also, their usage would be comparatively more ad hoc in nature. Hence, for us to understand their journey would be slightly more complex and challenging to ultimately design a customer journey-driven lifecycle for this category of customer. And this is really where all of these challenges stem from. So very, very interesting. So there's a number of different challenges there you mentioned already. I mean, and even from building the customer journey itself. Could you maybe share some of those other challenges that you faced and how maybe you address those challenges, what you've learned in that journey? Absolutely. Specifically to Avatar, you know, where it's an app like new product segment and the application itself is possible across so many use cases. We can be used for audits and inspections. We could be used for remote marketing tours. We could be used for remote collaboration for training, knowledge transfer, you know, uh, fixing problems on the site, uh, process improvement. And then we are also further applicable across a lot of industries, pharma, consumer goods, precision manufacturing, real estate, retail, heavy infrastructure engineering, even logistics companies. The wow. biggest challenge that we have today is the ability to understand the deployment process for all of these use cases across all of these industries. Second, having that very deep understanding of your customer's business, what really goes at their end when it comes to usage of Avatar, and uh, then specifically having a clear understanding of their objectives for your product and how they assess ROI at their end. I think the first is relatively easier to understand. The second, when it, when it comes to really having that deep understanding, that's where a lot of companies tend to fail. And that should remain work in progress forever because even if you have that understanding once, don't consider it like something set in stone. Consider it something that needs to be reviewed again and again because the world is so dynamic. Yeah, it's amazing. These things are just constantly evolving, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, new, and you're adding new technology, new improvements all the time. But yeah, I mean, I mean that's a broad landscape. I mean, of a number of challenges. As you mentioned, there are different industries. Talk us through some of the uh, you know, solutions that you've addressed. I mean, or maybe it might have worked, or maybe it hasn't worked. You know, Ken, it's slightly hard to call, you know, point out a solution or few solutions because there is no singular dimensional approach that you truly can deploy okay. to manage these challenges. Broadly speaking, I feel uh, that there are two things that are required here. One, the skill sets of your customer-facing team to very intelligently and curiously understand the customer, their processes, and how they're using the product for their use case, and how does it ultimately relate to their business. Second, how do you capture all of this information in a very programmatic way to ultimately create customer journey-driven lifecycle? And then use that information and data to do two things. One, improve your product and ultimately improve your customer's experience of being your customer. This is exactly why you see customer success teams and customer focus teams now really being the center of every company and why they need to have open and effective communication channel with every other org in the organization, whether it is sales, whether it is a dev team or whether it is the product team. Because this goldmine of information that they have is the exact secret sauce to grow and to improve your product and improve your customers' experiences ultimately. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, 
there's so many and there's so many companies out there or even that have customer experience but don't get the value of customer experience and it's amazing i often meet other leaders of customer experience and they talk about you know how do you persuade senior management about the value you just mentioned there about data and the value add that the data that you have and sharing that with the rest of the team so i mean how do you how do you that must be a lot of data to handle mm-hmm. it is it is uh... And I think for different stages of company, uh, they would have different ways. Uh, we are at an early stage. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would say it's not it's not at a point where you are using a lot of tools and you have the most mature process. But as companies grow in size and as companies grow in their product, you know, and have a more mature product as they keep moving forward in the timeline, there are a lot of tools and technologies that are available to do all of this for you. Some amazing companies that really, you know, amaze me on how they have built those products and made the life of customer success managers and customer focused teams so much easier. Yeah. And ultimately, that's, I mean, that's what will determine what your product will be in the future. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. I've got you actually on that, because this is a new product segment. Mm -hmm. Any challenges in terms of, you know, Customers that don't want this new technology, you know, maybe they want to travel or maybe they like the old way of working. Do you ever kind of come across any experiences in that regard and on your customer experience side? Yes, uh, that is certainly possible and is always going to happen. Uh, You know, what I feel that we, uh, you know, for any new product segment, when you are still in the early market, you would find people who are enthusiasts and then you would also find people who are not very comfortable adopting a technology until it really becomes a mainstream technology. And uh, for a new product segment like Avatar, that is always going to remain on the table until we cross that chasm. Okay. To deal with those kind of challenges, the only way is to actually first establish success with the customers that, that you have today. Second, Use those learnings, uh, use those case studies to capture more interest in the market. And that's really the way to grow. Interesting. And you mentioned also about, it sounds like it could be quite technical, your customer experience, what you experience, you know, what kind of questions you get asked as a team. Would that be correct as in that they are quite technical queries you have to manage and deal with? Or the more soft queries, you know, in terms of, you know, access to the system and that kind of thing? It can be a combination of both. Uh, the product is technical. Uh, you know, our customers may have questions about security concerns, data management, and other things. So there could be queries that are very technical, and then there are soft queries also that go into actual deployment of the product. How do you manage that then, in terms of you know, with customer experience people? Are they, are they very technical people, or do you train them up? How do you manage that aspect? Well, we have people who are skilled for different things within the team and uh, their job is to manage exactly what they are skilled for and uh, the way the you know the way we are managing our customers today is like there's a customer success manager that is responsible for the overall relationship and okay. managing the customer's experience once they do become your customer which is when they send your purchase order have signed a contract to you know ultimately remaining your customer forever and then there are different teams that are comprising you know, as part of that team who help with different things, onboarding, any sort of support needs that a customer may have, any sort of development needs that the customer may be seeking for. Awesome. Uh, it sounds like you've got it well covered. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, 
you know, when it comes to customers' experiences, as you did actually point it out earlier in this conversation today, how does a leadership view that? Is it part of your culture overall is very important because just having a team who is responsible for managing the customers will not really cut it out. You need it to be part of the culture that goes across from one org to other and everybody understands why it is important to focus on the customer today. Yeah, key in my mind, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It sounds like it's fantastic that you're in at such an early stage and you know you can build it from the, from the ground up and you know go in so many different directions. So how do you see this evolving for the future? Without spilling a lot of beans here, I would say <laughs> <laughs> there are two things that I do expect to happen um, in the near future. One, I feel there is going to be so much more adoption for AR and VR technology, which in turn would actually lead to, you know, this norm for having a 360 degree enabled remote collaboration as the way to do things. Okay. Second, I feel, uh, you know, in the near future, we should be expanding into more customer segments, which is beyond just the enterprise category or SMB category and more to, you know, direct consumers, even like you and me. And that likely is going to be a byproduct of easier access to a 360 degree camera, which is going to be very similar to how everybody has a digital camera now because you have smartphones, right? Right. So that's going to really determine how we move from this early stage, the early market that we are in, and then cross that chasm to be in the mainstream market. Ah, very interesting. Actually, you know, I'm quite interested in the whole VR space. I did actually invest in a headset last year, and it's quite very cool. Actually, I really like it. In workplace, having people having VR headsets. It is becoming really common. A lot of our customers, uh, even before they actually start using Avatar, they have interest in using VR. They are trying to understand what they can use it for. And uh, several big organizations today would have something called like an innovation team or digital transformation team, whose job is exactly to find out these new cool technologies that they can use to be more productive, to be more efficient to make it easier for people to collaborate, uh, to have transparency in between different cost centers and different business units. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very exciting for the future ahead. Listen, Arul, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our chat. If uh, anybody would like to get in touch with you, uh, what would be the best way to get in contact? Maybe they should contact our team on LinkedIn. And uh, Ken, if you can actually leave a note here on your podcast with the information to the avatar team, that'll be wonderful. And thank you so much for having me here. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Carol.